Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you, and you're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump. Ellis. Well, good morning, and it is another morning to uh, to focus on truth and the things of God and how we have to look at truth in society, truth in uh, civil society, which is the nature and definition of politics. And as as we sit back and we and we look at the woke agenda, which of course is pervading our society, and it's a totally false ideology in culture. And we look at uh, the aspects of that, which include the trans agenda, which include uh, the pro-choice agenda or the anti-life agenda, as I prefer to call it. And uh, and all of these different things that we as Christians and conservatives have to, to fight back. Um, we've seen a really interesting uh, diversity among the states or the different laboratories of democracy. So uh, who is doing this better in terms of protecting truth in society and who is taking the false ideology and allowing that to run rampant uh, in their state? And what's the effect on the family and the church and the individual in those states? Well, uh, Mississippi has been one that I know we focused a lot on Florida and the, the national attention has kind of been on Florida. But uh, Mississippi has been uh, one of the great states in responding to the answer uh, to this problem and and the problem of the fall of man. And um, House Speaker Philip Gunn writes in a really great op-ed that's titled Reclaiming Culture with Common Sense Policies that the answer to our problems is not more government. The answer is strong, loving families, flourishing churches and schools neighbors caring for neighbors. So uh, Speaker Gunn joins me now. And sir, I just thought this op-ed was so well written because often even conservatives focus on politics and government as being the solution and savior. And I, I think it's almost become, in a sense, a, a God replacement and a religion replacement for even in some sense, some Christians who tend to think of, well, church is just what I go and participate in quietly, but I need to focus on politics as almost another religion. And certainly those who have excised God from society have <clears throat> have had the the political landscape as the savior. And, and I totally disagree with that. So um, so good morning. And, and um, this op-ed was just really well written. So how are you continuing to do this in the great state of Mississippi? Well, good morning, Jenna, and thank you so much for having me, and I appreciate appreciate you saying that, and I think what you said is, it was very well said. I, I think we as Christians and as believers have to remember and realize that our, our salvation, our Savior, is in the Lord Jesus Christ, not in government, not in schools, not in anything else. And so many people sometimes, and, and as you said, particularly conservatives, sometimes can fall into this temptation where our solution is going to have to be uh, some politician that we elect or some government program that we trust in, and that is that is not true. 
I am a firm believer that our religion should form our views on politics, not the other way around. And I think we have a lot of people who let their political views try to shape their religious views, and that's backwards. I think the foundation, as I said in that article, the foundation of our society is the family. It is the bedrock of our nation. It is under attack. I think all of us believe it is a a tool that the enemy uses to try to undermine our religion and our society, and that is to attack the family and attack our children. So we have set out in Mississippi to try to do a number of things to protect the children and protect the family unit. Uh, there are there are certain things that we look to to support that family unit: strong schools, uh, low crime, strong police force, uh, the church. We expect all of those institutions to come along and and support the family. But the family is the number one entity that we should be working to protect. And some of the things that we've done in Mississippi in the way of passing legislation are designed to enhance the family, strengthen the family, and grow the family. And this makes so much sense, Speaker Gunn, when you look at it from that lens of what is the government supposed to do? Well, it is supposed to preserve and protect the right of the family and the church to flourish in society. And so often we're focusing on politics as the end goal instead of recognizing that really the end goal should be more engagement in church and family. And so um, recently... The governor there signed this uh, kind of big package of pro-life, pro-adoption, pro-foster care bills uh, with with a bunch of different policies. And um, and so how how has this responded to a lot of the criticism from kind of the uh, the left that says, well, Christians are only pro-birth. And after that, you know, we don't really care about life, which is completely false. But I think that this. Uh, this policy in Mississippi is responding directly to that. You're exactly right. Uh, this has been a false narrative that the other side has tried to to spin, saying we don't care about life, we just care about birth. And I will say, before we pass this package of pro-life measures, we have already been doing these things even before Roe versus Wade was overturned. We have, When I became Speaker in 2012, we immediately set about to pass a pro-life agenda. We probably passed four or five different pro-life measures uh, before we passed House Bill 1510. And, and for those who don't know, House Bill 1510 is the bill that that worked its way up to the United States Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. That started in the Mississippi Republican Caucus in 2018 when we sat in a room and decided this is a fight we wanted to fight. And we passed that bill, and little did we know that that would be the bill that the Lord used to overturn Roe versus Wade. I think listeners need to be uh, aware that Roe, the, the Roe versus the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade, did not outlaw abortion in this country. All it did was return that decision to each state. So there will be some states in this country that continue to have abortion, but in Mississippi, we have eliminated it here. But in response to that, we decided we would even go further than what we'd already gone uh, previous to that to really elevate our emphasis on pro-life measures. And as you mentioned, I think I count here about 10 different bills we passed this session 
in response to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which are designed to strengthen the family, support mothers who choose to go forward and have those babies, give them uh, assistance that they need, incentivize private sector solutions to support these mothers and find ways to enhance the family unit, to strengthen the relationship between mother and baby, and to support that that, that family unit that, that you and I have been talking about. And in your op-ed, uh, Speaker Gunn goes on to say that President Reagan said that decline is not inevitable. Our fate depends on what we do. I believe something can and must be done. And um, you talk about how all Americans can chart the course of their own destiny. This is freedom. And the first step is understanding that strong cultures don't happen by accident. They're the result of deliberate decisions that sustain the institutions from which cultures are built. And I think this is so beautifully expressed because if we want to have a pro-life culture, we not only have to outlaw abortion and strengthen families, but we should be focused on making abortion unthinkable. Because even if it, even in the states where it's still legal, if women understood and were supported with other alternatives and not just this false narrative that abortion is the only or the best choice for whatever uh, frivolous reason uh, that that the left is telling them, then we wouldn't have such a major problem with the legislation because the church would already be be stepping in to fill that gap. And and so, how uh, would you encourage families in maybe other states besides Mississippi that uh, that they're discouraged about the culture in in their state that is so leftist, and and maybe they can help with the church and the family aspect. Well, I think uh, you, the, the church is certainly the answer, and we have we have passed a number of measures this year that were designed to highlight, if you will, or focus on giving the support to these mothers that uh, that choose to go forward and have. Uh, they, they need to realize it's not hopeless. If, if a mother finds herself with an un, unplanned pregnancy, and and now she's like, "What am I going to do?" And these measures that we passed this year incentivized the church to engage and support them financially. One of the biggest things we did was a, a, a $10 million tax credit for anybody who gives financial support to a crisis pregnancy center or a center for pregnancy choices, I think is what they call them. We have 37 of those, 37 of those around the state of Mississippi. They existed long before Roe versus Wade was overturned. They exist for the purpose of supporting these women who find themselves with unplanned pregnancy and want to know what do we do now. We pass this tax credit, which incentivizes the private sector to step up, give money to these pregnancy resource centers, and support of their of their uh, their their operations. And they exist for the purpose of guiding these women through the pregnancy showing them that there are, are alternatives other than abortion, giving them financial support, emotional support to see them through uh, the, the pregnancy. We enhanced our foster care system. We enhanced, we created a baby drop-off uh, program. We doubled the tax credit for adoption. We strengthened our foster care system. We passed the foster, care, uh, foster parents' bill of rights this year. We, we we enhanced our child protective services. These are all measures that we did this year as, as the legislature 
making a strong statement that we are not just pro-birth, we are pro-life, and we are supporting the mothers and the children who who find themselves in this situation to make sure that these children are placed with a loving mother or loving families who are going to see, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that that is how your government, your local government, can do that and how churches can be involved in helping raise these children. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much for your outspoken uh, Christian worldview and understanding how <clears throat> you can use the state level government to support women. And what has been uh, the response that you have heard um, or you've seen from local churches in Mississippi? Incredibly positive. Incredibly positive. And and let me let me make just a side comment here. These some of these solutions that we have provided are are private sector solutions. It is not growing government. It is not another government program. It is incentivizing the private sector to step up. And as a conservative, as a Republican who looks to not grow government uh, and not increase taxpayer expense, these are the types of solutions that I think we ought to be looking for, ways to incentivize the church and the private sector to step in. The, The tax credit that I mentioned has uh, been incredibly popular. What this does is it says if you as a taxpayer and a business owe money to the state of Mississippi, instead of giving it to the state of Mississippi, you can give half of it to a crisis pregnancy center and receive a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. So if I owe $10,000 in tax, I can give 5000 of that to, to a, a pregnancy resource center rather than giving it to the state of Mississippi. What a what a phenomenal way to incentivize the private sector to step up and help these people. And these are Christian people who want to see uh, these mothers and babies supported. Uh, that's just a, a small example of how we can be creative in government and incentivize private sector to support or meet a, a government problem rather than growing government and increasing taxes. Absolutely. And and promoting truth in civil society. So Speaker Philip Gunn, really appreciate that. Um, I have so much respect for you and what you're uh, doing in the state of Mississippi. Keep up the good work and everyone can read uh, Speaker Gunn's op-ed in the Magnolia Tribune. That title is Reclaiming Culture with Common Sense Policies. Go and read that. If you are homeschooling this morning, have this as part of your civics lesson. It's a really great op-ed and we will be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. Did you know the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions? Preborn Ministry continues to stand with women in crisis in their darkest hour and bring hope and life. After Marissa took the abortion pill, she immediately regretted it, but Preborn was there for her. Look at that baby. Look how beautiful he is. Look at that. Abortion pill reversal actually works. Let's hear his heartbeat. Look how strong it is. Praise God. By God's amazing grace, this baby was saved, but many more need our help. 
To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Ventress Gibson, Director of the United States Mint. Her office oversees the production of coinage and the movement of bullion. 1 Peter 4.10 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Ventress Gibson as she leads the U.S. Mint. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A Democrat lawmaker who happens to be a reverend was captured on film stealing Bibles from a lounge at the Arizona State Capitol. Representative Stephanie Hamilton was seen placing the Bibles underneath seat cushions and a refrigerator. She said she was making a statement about separation of church and state. Well, for the record, there's nothing in the Constitution about separation of church and state. As a matter of fact, all of our founding documents are flavored with teachings from the Bible. Arizona's official motto is God in riches. So it makes perfect sense to me to have his word available for lawmakers in the state capitol. And even a liberal lady preacher should know there's nothing playful about stealing, especially Bibles. Representative Hamilton should consider reading God's word instead of stuffing it in the fridge. I'd start with Exodus chapter 20, verse 15. Thou shalt not steal. I'm Todd Starnes. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back, and we are continuing uh, the conversation this morning about truth in culture and how the church can move in culture and, and actually has to be the religious institution instead of politics and instead of government. And we shouldn't be looking to government as the only uh, savior and the solutions. Uh, Politics needs to be downstream from culture. And it is, as Andrew Breitbart very famously said, because what informs our perspective of the measurable difference between right and wrong, good and evil, will inform what we believe government is designed to do and what government can do and should do in society, what we believe about moral law and, and whether, uh, whether or not certain policies are right and wrong in culture and what is permitted in culture and what is prohibited in culture. And uh, my very good friend, Jakob Buyens, who is the founder of the Jakob Buyens uh, Ministries, 
has a great documentary that uh, is coming out, I believe, next week. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that is called Sex Nation. And this is the plot to destroy America that uh, has been leading to the sexual exploitation ec- epidemic and then how to restore our nation. This is all about truth in culture and not just focusing on policies, but focusing on why we have this emphasis on such sexual perversion in our society. So Yako uh, joins me now. And good morning, my friend. And um, what, what do you hope to accomplish with this particular documentary? And is is Yako with us? And, good morning, uh, Jenna. Uh, there he is. Good, All right. Good, good morning. Mo- good morning, Jenna. Uh, thank you for your voice and for always speaking uh, truth. Uh, Jenna, with Sex Nation, the documentary takes a historical look at the moral fall of America starting in 1933. And we walk through these markers in our history where we abandoned some of those principles that you're talking about that our founding fathers understood is that the Bible was, in fact, the foundation that our Constitution was written from, that the Declaration of Independence was written from, that they lived their lives from as they served their community as farmers, but also as statesmen, and that they understood that it is interwoven. And so there's markers in our history, Jenna, where we abandoned certain principles, it's a slow erosion, and allowed evil to take a foothold. And Jesus teaches a lot about leaven, a little leaven. And then we come all the way to 2023 to show what we're dealing with in culture today, that it didn't happen overnight. That we actually, as citizens of this great country, have always had the opportunity to stop evil with the power of God, with the Word of God as our rudder. And when we do not... We show what happens. And Ezekiel 33, 7 teaches us clearly that the watchman on the wall, which is you and me, and, and really I would argue any American that was given this gift of freedom, true freedom, the watchman on the wall has to warn and then ultimately help stop evil. If not, the blood is on the hands of the watchman. Uh, and so we have unfortunately looked the other way historically, given the pinky as evil has taken the arm. And then there's a massive call to action in the film. To say, let's return to the Word of God. Let's return this nation back to to our compass, our rudder, and and restore what Andrew Breitbart said, that politics should be downstream from from culture. But honestly, um, all of it should be downstream from the Word of God. Yes, absolutely. And so well said. And we have to return the focus first on God and truth so that our actions and our understanding even of the definition of freedom in this country is aligned rightly with truth. And what we're seeing, Yako, in in terms of our national perspective and some of these extreme leftist policies that are and, and what they're advocating for is harming our, our children specifically, not only with uh, abortion on demand in some of these leftist states, but also uh, the, the, the so-called gender-affirming care and um, therapy for minors suffering from you know all kinds of things, or maybe not even suffering from anything, just uh, their parents or their doctors or their school um, educators are, are trying to incentivize or encourage them to participate in this kind of dysphoria. 
and and then ultimately pedophilia as well with these so-called minor attracted persons that um, there was even a, a thing this week that um, someone was was trying to create a, a minor attracted persons ally flag like the LGBTQ flag. And thankfully, Elon Musk took that down and said, that's not going to happen on this platform. And it's good that we still have right and wrong, at least with some influencers in this in this culture, uh, like Elon Musk. But what does it tell you about the, the, the absolutely evil ideology of our culture that is so focused on harming children at every single turn and how the church and the family has to step in with truth and encourage and not be afraid to stand up for truth and to inform our society that, no, there are still moral bright lines. Yeah, Jenna. I mean, in this film, Sex Nation, and why is it called Sex Nation? Because I believe we've become a sex nation. We have, in fact, America has, in fact, to a large degree, Jenna, become a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. In the film, I say the Roman culture is dead. But the Roman way of life is seeing a resurgence in America, meaning it's an absolute immoral, opulent lifestyle of serve me, my beliefs. If you really think of these movements, Satan was kicked out of heaven because of a, because of a single sin called pride. Well, what did they call their movement? Pride. It is a pride movement. A, a, a departure from God is prideful, whether it's homosexual or not, it's a prideful stance to say, I'm a deity. The world should cater to my beliefs. The world should name me what I want them to name me. The world should change norms and systems. Actually, the world should change truth for me because of how I feel. That's very prideful. You talk about the flag that recently surfaced on Twitter. That flag's existed since 1950. NAMBLA, the Man Boy Love Association, instituted that flag. This is a slow erosion. They've been fighting this fight. Now, why children? Your question, why children? People ask me, you know, we rescue. Actually, Jenna, I tell you, at, at 10.30 last night, we, we did a rescue of a 16-year-old. This is our life every single day. I was surrounded by five cop cars last night with our team doing a rescue of a child. This is America. Children should not be for sale in America. Children should not be sold like furniture or com commodities in America. But here's why, Jenna. Satan has enmity with God. This is Genesis. There's a war going on in the spirit. And Satan knows well the greatest pain he can inflict on God's heart is to, in fact, steal the innocence of a child. Why? That child is still innocent. That child still has the opportunity to be introduced to God, to be introduced to the principles of this great nation, to one day become a defender of liberty and freedom and justice for all. But if you can steal it, when he's 7, 10, 12, 15. That's why they're coming into the classroom and teaching five-year-old boys about masturbation in kindergarten. They know, Satan knows, if you can steal it early, you can corrupt a nation. You will ultimately destroy America. And we talk about that in this film. But then again, it's from the Word of God. Because God says, if you train a child when they're young in the ways of God, they will not depart from it when they're old. So it's really God's principle that Satan's turned on its head to say, go after the kids, destroy the children, get the parents to take their children to drag shows, get the parents to be complicit, get culture to not frown upon pedophilia, but call it minor attractive persons. 
So culture today, Jenna, and it's despicable in America, culture today is not frowning upon the concept that maybe children should be having sex. And it's it's so sad and horrifying, and yet you were right, uh, Yako, that this is this goes all the way back to Genesis and the very first uh, problem with with man is that man wanted to be God and we we wanted to decide and arbitrate our own reality and what is good for us and we're continuing to try to do that even in this nation to decide that we can just arbitrarily draw the boundaries of what is permitted in society and what isn't and it is um, it's discouraging in some sense to see some of the churches or the individual families that are not willing to stand up and speak truth because maybe, maybe it is that th- that they think, okay, then the moral compass and the moral uh, guidelines and the moral law will affect me and my sin as well. And so we're seeing an, an increasing libertine culture that the definition of freedom in this country is not the right to do what we ought, but people are taking this definition of freedom and saying, government can't tell me what to do. I can live my life however I want. And, you know, government stops at the threshold of my door and get off my lawn. And, you know, and we're seeing this kind of attitude, even from those on the far right that just want maybe the tax breaks or they want capitalism. And so they call themselves a conservative, but really they're, advancing the same fundamental ideology of politics problem, which is that they're not advocating for truth in society and objective moral bright lines, but just the ability to arbitrate our own reality. And I believe very sincerely that that far right uh, notion that is so wrong and is not genuinely conservative because it's not biblically based has led to a lot of this abdication of a moral foundation in our culture. And is that what you're seeing as well? Gina, I'll say this to you, and I've known you for a while, and I've always respected you because I've seen you handle very complex situations in the, in the middle of fire very, very well. What you just said, so few of our so-called social influencers on the right would be willing to say, because in order to say it, you have to take accountability. You have to stare yourself in the mirror and say, am I part of the problem? Am I doing what the other side is doing? Have I swung the pendulum to an equal degree off of center, which is God? And the answer is yes. You are maybe the only one. I don't know of another that's having this conversation, Jenna. What is the difference? You made a quote the other day of a girl half naked in Instagram with a gun in her hand, fighting for the Second Amendment, but objectifying herself in the process. Is that truly what we're saying freedom is? Or could freedom actually be from God, given by God as a gift to this nation? Because we're not living in Istanbul, Turkey, where you're getting beheaded if you say you're a Christian. So our freedom is actually a gift from God that we've squandered. We've separated from God, and you're right. There's no difference. This is why I'm saying that the greatest danger you could ever face is the danger within. Within the conservative movement, Jenna, you're nailing something that I argue is the cancer inside that party, the right, 
where it is conservative first and then Christian. They should actually say they're conservative Christians versus Christian conservative. Because it is, can the world leave me alone to do as I want to do? And it's very convenient if I could pay less taxes or if I could have smaller government and less oversight. But where's the accountability hour of maybe I need to walk away from pornography? Maybe I should not create demand of the sexual exploitation of women, whether I'm a Christian or a conservative. Maybe I should serve my fellow man. Maybe I should operate in compassion. Maybe I should operate in the principles of God. Maybe the freedom I was given was for a reason, for me to serve another. Nobody that I have found, Jenna, is having this conversation, and I'm imploring you to continue to have it, because that, that to me, when I look at the landscape today of the right, and I am a Christian conservative. I've never not voted conservative. Never. Because I'm not a conservative because I like, you know, you know, the tax structure or freedom or the Second Amendment. I'm a conservative because the Word of God gives me freedom, and I want to protect that. And it just so happens to be that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights lines up with what I believe God afforded me. It's almost like those who wrote it understood the Word of God, because they did, better than we do today. So I'm asking you to, to sound that alarm, because my concern, Jenna, is that before we know it, we won't really be able to tell the difference between the far left and the far right. Mm. Yako, thank you so much for saying that so clearly. And you are absolutely right that this is all about willing as Christians to ourselves be under the authority of the Word of God and being willing to be accountable ourselves. And for us to call out our culture and say we have to have a moral law that is imposed on society, then we have to be willing to submit to that moral authority ourselves as well. And that will call out our sin. And I can tell you, though, as well from personal experience and and, you know, Yako, you and I have been through some um, some really difficult times together and you have always been um, such an amazing, encouraging friend. And I so appreciate you for saying this because you have always encouraged me to be accountable to authority and to to always live my life according to the word of God and sometimes that means adjustments right and that and and I can tell everyone listening from personal experience I'm not perfect at all and I want to be under accountability because when you change the way that you live and you attenuate yourself to the word of God, you will have more joy and actually more freedom than you ever thought possible because you are under the authority of the word of God. We have to keep speaking these things. So the film is Sex Nation, go watch that. We will be right back with more on Jenna Ellis in the morning. It's one of the most neglected disciplines in the life of a Christian. Yet prayer is also the most accessible. Well, Jesus shared a template to help us when we don't know what to say. I'm Charles Morris. Join me with Nancy Guthrie all week in a series called What We Need to Know About Prayer on Haven Today. Haven Today, weekday mornings at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. 
weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, we don't have to engage in psychological brainwashing techniques and all this nonsense that the left traffics in because they're godless for the most part. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That's how we fight. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Here Jesus instructed his disciples to cross a lake and meet him on the other side of it. As they went, they were met by a violent windstorm that halted their progress. Often in our Christian lives, we receive clear instruction from the Lord, only to be met by an obstacle that halts our progress. We must, however, recognize that the onset of a storm does not cancel out God's instructions. Halted progress does not equal denied destination. When Jesus directed the disciples to go to the other side, he absolutely meant for them to get there. Delay does not equal denial. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. We are continuing to talk about truth in society and using and understanding and utilizing government to promote good and restrain evil and have it in its proper context. Uh, But I want to say one more thing about accountability and our ability as Christians to promote truth in society and also in the church and in our families. Uh, Before we go on to talk more about uh, pro-life with our good friend, uh, Father Frank Pavone, If you are listening to this program this morning and you are thinking, well, you know, I want to stand up and have courage to speak truth, um, but, uh, you know, I've done things in my life that people can point to and say, oh, well, that was wrong of you, and so why should I listen to you? Or, you know, look at your life. You don't have everything perfect. Um, I would encourage you, this is why we go to the cross and we go to repent for our sin, and we realign and reorient our lives toward the truth of God. And the great thing about forgiveness in Christ is that we don't have to have shame in our past, in our sins, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what has happened in my life, whether we have chosen to sin 
or we have been the on the recipient end of other people's sin, which of course happens as well, we don't have to have any shame because the truth of God tells us that when we repent and confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That term just means it is part of God's righteousness, his holiness. His justice means that it is the right moral thing that God separates and our sin from us and forgives us as far as the East is from the West. And so you can go out with confidence to be an advocate for truth, to say, look at all that God has forgiven me, you know, but for the grace of God, I would still be living in that. Uh, My good friend, Abby Johnson, who's been on this program as well, who is an excellent advocate for pro-life. She herself not only worked at a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic, but has had two abortions before she realized the truth and came into a saving knowledge of Christ. And she has repented for that. And she is willing to speak out and say, if God can save me and change my life, what can he do for you? And that is the power of our testimony in Christ to say, look at what he has saved me from. We don't have to have guilt anymore in sin, but we first have to confess it. And if you are thinking that, well, this there will be shame, there will be guilt. No, because the Bible tells us that God is faithful and just to forgive us and we can walk in freedom. What is freedom? Salvation in Christ. It's not freedom according to the government. It's freedom according to to Christ Jesus. So be confident in that, walk in that truth and tell people, yeah, look, I I have a past and God has forgiven me. Move forward in confidence. So um, I want to bring on now my good friend, uh, Frank Pavone, who speaks out with confidence in amazing pro-life advocacy. And uh, Father Pavone, you are speaking this week, or you did speak at a heartbeat conference uh, of pregnancy center directors across the country. Um, but also, you mentioned to me earlier that um, there is also a satanic conference taking place this week and uh, and this weekend. And this, um, you know, isn't really surprising that there's this kind of conference going on. But I think that we need to be aware not just of our own advocacy and the good that we are trying to promote, but also what, uh, what Satan is doing in our culture and what, uh, the, the left and those who would try to impose, uh, abortion in our society still, uh, what they're doing as well. So, um, so good morning and, uh, thank you for joining this morning. Hey, Jenna, it's great to be with you again. Yeah, you know, this is a, an interesting contrast this week. I'm here with about a 1,000 pregnancy center directors and uh, staff. Uh, spoke to them yesterday, and uh, I'm here till the end of the week. This is the Heartbeat International Conference. There are several conferences every year bringing together people who are on the front lines of saving lives. Fortunately, uh, the uh, pregnancy centers outnumber the abortion facilities by about four to one. So we are well equipped to be providing uh, moms, dads, families with alternatives to abortion. And it is just always exhilarating to be able to be with and speak uh, with these people. And and, and I want our, our audience to know how vibrant this movement is. And this is a great way, Jenna, as you know, for people to get involved locally. Uh, find your nearest pregnancy center. Spread the good word that there is help available. Pregnancycenters.org is the key website to do that. Pregnancycenters.org. And, and these are wonderful people. Now, by contrast, 
starting on tomorrow, uh, there's going to be a conference in Boston uh, of Satanists, and, and they're billing it as the largest gathering of Satanists in history. Uh, there's going to be about 800 uh, people there from the uh, the Satanic Temple. You know, there are about five groups or so that uh, are, are basically organizations of, of Satanists, and uh, this is one of them. What's the significance of this? You know, interestingly, these people are saying they're not there to worship a spiritual being called Satan. In fact, they claim not even to believe in such a being. What they're saying is, we want to assert personal freedoms. And not surprisingly, one of the keystones of this assertion of personal freedoms is abortion. And and they are actually suing. This group has sued uh, for example, Indiana and Idaho, as, as they've passed strong pro-life measures, they're saying, oh, well, you can't interfere with our religious freedom, which includes, and get this, the ritual sacrifice of abortion. So they see abortion as practicing their religion, killing these babies, and, and they want to assert the freedom to do that. So what a contrast. Wow. And and this is such a perfect example of Frank Pavone of how freedom does not just mean the ability to do whatever we want. And if freedom is not founded in and moored and anchored in moral truth, then you get to these absurd conclusions like suggesting that the ritual sacrifice of abortion is somehow exercising a constitutionally protected right. And and so many people and I was actually I was on a, a Twitter conversation uh, yesterday with with a good friend who's you know a writer and and would define himself as a conservative actually arguing that you know Caitlyn Jenner who of course is um is a man that you know thinks he transitioned to be a woman which we know isn't possible um is somehow less of a threat to culture than Dylan Mulvaney you know this um this trans little girl like he he's a man who's trying to um pretend he's a little girl and well he's forcing his views on us but Caitlyn Jenner just wants to you know live his life as as a woman but isn't really forcing his ideology on anybody and i'm thinking well, you're missing the to- the whole point and this is not that everybody just gets to live however they want and the government can't impose any moral bright lines into our individual lives our family lives our church lives we have to understand that truth in society and our constitution was built on the Judeo-Christian worldview so that we don't get to these types of absurd conclusions. Yeah, exactly. And well, you know, and the grace of, of Christ, as you were you were speaking before I came on, and, and by the way, you're a great preacher. I'm, I'm glad to uh, Thank you. <laughs> Thank join you hands so. with you. Uh, <laughs> Amen it, to that. But you know, it, it, his grace is at work. I mean, we have, let me give you one example. I, I sent out an email about this satanic conference, and there's a man by the name of Zachary King, who uh, I've known for many years. I've helped him on his journey, uh, just like I helped our, our mutual friend Abby Johnson on, on her journey. There are people coming out of this 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 uh, satanic industry that we call the abortion industry, and Zachary has an unbelievable thing. This is, apologize in advance, this is rather rattling uh, uh, what I'm about to say, but Zachary says in his book, when he, from when he was a teenager, he joined the Satanic Coven, and they have ritual abortions, 
they literally are 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 getting women impregnated and they're boarding the babies as a sacrifice to the devil. And he helped the doctor. He did 146 of these procedures where he helped the, the abortionist kill the baby. And then literally there were dozens of these Satanists gathered around as this procedure was unfolding. And they literally threw the baby on the floor and they all rushed in and devoured the baby's body parts. And it's oh. like, whoa, wait a second. Are you kidding? And it's like, I, I, I interviewed this, uh, this, uh, this gentleman recently. He has come to Christ. He's a faithful, uh, believing, pro-life follower for, for Jesus now. But this man is doing what St. Paul tells us to do, you know, expose the works of darkness. We have to shine a bright light on this. Um, and, and my goodness, I mean, we don't, we know, we help every day the women who feel they have to have an abortion. They're not the ones who are, they're not Satanists. We're saying that at the core of this industry, there is a handful of people who are literally doing this. And, 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 and it's a spiritual, it shows it's a spiritual battle. I've, I've composed a special prayer going into this weekend for, for believers to say, you know, stay in the privacy of your home uh, to make a, a, a counter witness against this stuff. They can find it at prayer campaign, prayercampaign.org. But, but Jenna, it's rattling. And I think we have to be rattled. Like you said, you know, this is a, this is a battle where, you know, the forces of government are at play here. We've got to get our government back in the right hands uh, of people who understand the Judeo-Christian basis of our nation and who understand there is such a thing as truth connected with freedom. I mean, it's not just freedom untethered from truth. It's, it's truth serving freedom. It's truth that makes us free. Yes, and I, that is just absolutely vile and disturbing. Um, but I am so grateful that you bring attention to what's going on because I think people need to understand about the abortion industry that it is grounded in the principles of darkness and in the notion of child sacrifice in the sense that children are not valued. They don't have, I mean, the left will tell us, Planned Parenthood says openly, that you don't have personhood and you're not valuable until the mother chooses to say that you're valuable. And so even though so many women who get abortions for various reasons, whether, you know, it's, it's economic or it's just, you know, their circumstances or whatever it is, their intention, of course, is not as dark and evil as the Satanists that are intentionally causing pregnancies to then abort. I mean, that's just disgusting on so many levels. But the the standard of uh, the philosophy behind this is still the same, that children are yeah. expendable yeah. and don't have value and you can abort them, whether it's for the purpose of child sacrifice or it's for an economic reason or it's just because your choice. I mean, all of that is still the same moral wrong and the same false ideology. Well, those of us who believe, you know, as Jesus clearly taught, that there is a spiritual being called the devil, uh, understand that the devil really doesn't care whether we believe in him or not. He really doesn't care whether we worship him or not. He cares about one thing, and this sums it all up, that we assert our will rather than submitting to the will of God the Father. That's all he cares about. That's why these Satanists can have a conference and say, oh, we don't believe in the devil. Well, hey, listen, don't, you're not going to fool us. That, that makes the devil very happy. Jesus says, I am. The devil says, I am not. He's very happy if people go ahead and say, oh, I don't believe in a spiritual being. The devil says, so what? 
Are you asserting your own will? Are you saying my freedom matters even above killing a baby? My freedom matters. Look at what's happening in, 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 in government now with the Democrats. They're going to run roughshod over existing laws. We're going to force our policies down the American people's throat. We're going to indoctrinate children. We don't care what the existing laws are. We're not going to enforce them because we want our agenda. We want our power or the individual saying, I want my choice. You know, I'll define whether that's a baby or not. I'll define whether I'm a man or a woman. This is what makes the devil rejoice. Let's assert our will, never mind about any kind of law of God. Yes, so well said. And and this is why we as Christians have to continue to focus on the root issue, not just the policy preferences or saying, well, my preferred view, because if we even engage these debates to say that, well, it's the conservative policy preferences. And as long as we get the the right majorities and we get, you know, the Republican majorities, then we can push through our policy preferences. Well, then we have ceded to them that this is all just a secular humanist playing field and majority. Right, right. Right. then matters and is the difference between right and wrong. And so we just have to, by force, take over and impose our opinion on what we believe is best policy. We'll, we'll know. We have to say everyone, regardless of majority or not, it still has to be rooted in the foundation of truth. And then policy can be shaped and, and debated, but within that context. And um, and Father Pavone, we only have about a minute here, but um, you know, but this is where I'm to the point where I don't even want to engage anyone who doesn't approach the the table the conversation and says yes men are men and women are women and you can't change that because otherwise if they're not even engaging reality we have nothing that we even agree on to begin the conversation well that's right jenna it's like i said on our last interview you know maybe we we were at a point where we can't say a man is a man or a woman is a woman because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. You know, all right. of these issues disconnect us from reality. And these are people who, who I can appreciate exactly what you said, because these are people who don't, don't acknowledge truth. How can you have, even have a conversation with people who don't acknowledge truth and therefore don't acknowledge the rationale for having the conversation? And we've just got to bear witness to the truth, keep serving, keep shining the light. Amen to that, my friend. Well, thank you so much for continuing to bear witness to the truth. And that is the encouragement for everyone who is listening today. Continue to bear witness to the truth. Continue to be accountable in your own life. That is why we cannot forsake the gathering of ourselves together in church. Be accountable to your local church. Be accountable to your families. And make sure that you are daily in the Word of God, confessing, repenting, so that God will give you the boldness to stand firmly on the truth. And we can say, here I stand. I can do no other. I will be back tomorrow with more truth right here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.